Radio Mano Papachango. what's going to happen today. Uh, I posted that uh, Romy yesterday, wear a damn mask. And uh, that got a lot of feedback. Some of it, um, some of it uh, interesting and from humans and some of it I suspect from bots and trolls and just douchebags. But uh, I'm going to, I thought I would take a, a few minutes and respond to some of the stuff that came in and elaborate uh, my thinking on this a little bit further. Uh, and also um, maybe fold into that some thoughts on critical thinking and uh, ways that you can detect bullshit in your own thoughts and in the thoughts of others. Um I'm not going to take a lot of time and look, if you're, if your mind is made up on the mask thing, uh, one way or another, uh, then, you know, you can probably save yourself the time of listening to this. If you're not sure, then maybe listen on, I don't know if it annoys you feel free to skip this and check out the next episode, which will be coming in a few days. Um, it's it's an interesting thing. I just watched The Social Dilemma the other night. Uh, maybe it was last night, actually, uh, which may be one reason why I wanted to re-engage with this topic. Because after seeing that documentary, I am experiencing it differently. Um, it's, it's really interesting. I, I mean, I posted this thing on Instagram and it probably got as much response as anything I've ever posted on Instagram, mainly because people are arguing with each other, uh, just going on and on. And then there's a, a post in the Reddit and, uh, and then another post in Reddit. And then somebody pointed out that the second post came from someone who established a new username just to put that post. So it's probably just a troll. Uh, who just enjoys seeing all this argumentation going on. And um, and that actually is one of the points of the social dilemma, that the algorithms that uh, have been developed by the geniuses of Silicon Valley have no capacity to distinguish the truth from a lie. What they do is they distinguish what triggers engagement versus what doesn't. And because Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all these social media, YouTube, all these social media empires exist, they feed on human attention. I've talked about this in several episodes. And so anything that pulls in attention and holds attention is gold for them because they then can redirect that attention toward ads and those ads are where they get the money, right? So it's like TV in a sense, right? You know, you don't pay to watch shows on TV because those shows are paid for by the advertisers and what the advertisers are purchasing is your attention. So it's not like this is anything 
radically new, um, but it's been dialed up significantly um, because these algorithms and the scientists who write them have discovered that the best way to hold people's attention is not just to entertain them, it's to feed them what they're hungry for. Now, of course, TV does this as well. Movies do this. Action movies are for, you know, young testosterone adult youths, I guess, who love watching Tom Cruise jump from rooftop to rooftop and can't get enough of that shit. Uh, obviously, porn is a billion, multi-billion dollar industry that's built on giving people what they want. But what's interesting is that if you ask people in 1970, uh, you know, you could you can watch any porn you want in your house. No one will ever know. You don't have that embarrassing thing where you go to the video store and have to go into the weird back room or you have to go to the adult store out by the highway, you know, and deal with some weird dude there. And you don't, you don't need to do any of that. You just like hit a few buttons and boom, it, there it is in your home, on your TV. What would you want to watch, right? So probably most people would have said, uh, I'd like to watch people fucking. I'd like to watch people sucking dicks and licking pussies. And yeah, very few people would have said, I want to watch women getting choked and spat on and slapped and triple teamed. And that wouldn't have occurred to them. There to very few of them anyway, because the appetite f isn't for the act. The appetite is for the thrill of going further. It's for the it's for the thrill of the forbidden. It's for the thrill of like, God, that's so intense. I can't believe it. That's what gets the reaction. It's not the act itself. And so it's the nature of the business to keep dialing up the outrage, dialing up the intensity, dialing up the, I don't know, passion for lack of a better word, in order to keep you coming back uh, and to attract more and more attention. So it's the same thing with these social media giants. What they care about is how much you engage. They don't give a shit what it is that gets you to engage. There is no thought given to how the bait that lures you in may be destroying you, destroying society, destroying your sex drive, des destroying your intelligence, destroying democracy. That doesn't matter because we're dealing with machines here. We're not dealing with people. And this gets, you know, this watching that movie, I kept thinking like, my God, this is it. This is we, it's us against the machine. It's us against the beast. This thing I've been preaching for years now that we are microorganisms in the belly of the beast. We are not the beast. The beast is something else. The beast is this thing that feeds on our attention, feeds on, like I said in the last episode, Big Pharma does not want you to be healthy. Big Pharma as an, as an entity, a non-human entity, which is what it is, wants money. How does it get money? It gets money from people having chronic diseases that they can treat with expensive 
medications. They don't want you to get better and they don't want you to die. They want you to be sick for a long time. And when I say they, I'm not talking about any individual doctor, any individual executives at Lilly or SmithKline, Nexus or whatever the fuck that's called. I'm not talking about any human being in particular. I'm talking about the beast. Those people work for the beast, but they are not the beast because those people can be replaced and the beast lumbers on. So watching uh, The Social Dilemma, it was really interesting how they talked about how Pizzagate, for example, and QAnon and all this stuff, at first was this very fringe thing. But if you're on YouTube and you're watching, you know, let's say you're watching a flat earth video, then It's been registered that this IP address is associated with someone who spent 27 minutes watching this Flat Earth video, and that tells them that you're more likely to keep watching if they throw up another conspiracy, the government's lying to you kind of thing, than if they throw up cat videos or, you know, the news or a boxing video or something. So they've identified you as someone who has an interest in this. And so they will feed it and feed it and feed it and feed it. And if you go down the rabbit hole, next thing you know, you're watching Alex Jones and the fucking Boogaloo Boys. And this is what you see when you turn on your computer. And so it's natural that you think this is reality. This is what's going on in the world. We don't realize the extent to which what comes through that screen is tailored directly to us. And it's tailored in a way that is not designed to inform us. It's designed to suck the life out of us. And I mean that literally. It is designed to keep you sitting there staring at that screen as long as possible. You are the product. So you start going down that rabbit hole and next thing you know, you're, you're believing that there's fucking, you know, Hillary Clinton is heading up some fucking child sex ring and that Tom fucking Hanks is raping babies and then eating them. I mean, Tom Hanks, really? They could have gone with Kevin Spacey and I'd almost believe it, but Tom Hanks, Christopher Walken, sure, why not? John Voight, I believe it. But Tom Hanks, everybody's favorite dad? Come on now. Anyway, let's read some some emails that uh, came in. And these are from people who are decent people, I believe, and... um, make some interesting points. So this first one's from Tyler. He says, uh, two truths can exist at the same time. I wear a mask when I go out in public out of respect for others, but I don't trust the bullshit being shoved down our throats every day, not just by the mainstream media, but by medical establishments that have proven to be an absolute joke. Incompetence is one thing, but genuinely lying to the public is where you lose me. Nobody has a fucking clue, and everybody acts like they're the oracle. 
One, the virus is real and dangerous to some. Two, it's being used by politicians as a tool. Three, the TV is not your friend. Okay, I agree with that stuff. Uh, Some of it. And here's what I said to Tyler. No doubt many truths can exist simultaneously, but follow the money. Does big business want to shut down the global economy? Do Boeing and Exxon and General Electric want demand for their products to drop through the floor? Who's making money on getting us to wear masks? Is Big Mask behind all this? I don't see the motivation for them to be lying about this particular issue, and I see lots of motivation to lie in the other direction. For example, saying it's no big deal, open the schools, go back to work. Right? That's to keep the economy going. That's how money is generated. Plus, doctors and scientists all over the world agree that masks reduce the transmission of saliva spray. So, is that a conspiracy? Yeah. Um, And he says, in his response, he says, uh, he who gives up essential liberty to obtain a little temporary safety deserves neither liberty nor safety, which is something Ben Franklin apparently said. But is the right not to wear a mask in public an essential liberty? I don't think so. Um, okay. Here's another one. This is from Evan. He says, I'm a big fan of your book and your podcast. Okay. Uh, okay. One thing that raised red flags for me is the incessant propaganda, which you have now added to encouraging people to wear masks. To me, it makes it seem as if masks are the most important thing ever. And the only thing we can do to fix the situation. Uh, Okay, that may be to you, but I didn't say masks are the most important thing ever and the only thing that we can do. I said masks are a thing we can do and that they lessen or eliminate the risk depending on the situation. Um, He said, uh, I think the vehement anti-maskers who use freedom as their argument may sense the propaganda and that something is fishy, but they don't have a rational argument against the mask, so they lean on freedom. I don't think we should villainize people for following their intuition, but somehow rather help them to calibrate their intuitions better. Well, that's what I'm trying to do right now. Um, Common sense could also say, Viruses are so tiny that anything less than a pressurized hazmat suit would allow them to come in and out through the gaps. Okay, that is an argument I've seen offered elsewhere, and it's it doesn't make sense because it's not the virus by itself that flies around out of your mouth. It's the virus contained in droplets of saliva. So if you're looking at the size of the pores of the mask compared to the size of the virus, that doesn't make any sense. The virus rides the saliva drops, so you need to look at the size of the saliva drops. And masks stop, by far, most of the saliva drops. There may be some that get through, which is why I say it mitigates or lessens the risk of transmission. Uh, He says... Just try taking a hit off a water pipe, put a mask on, and see how well the mask contains the smoke when you exhale. Yes, that's smoke. That smoke is not riding saliva droplets. That is bits of burned organic material. That's a different thing. So 
that doesn't, it's not relevant. Um, okay. So he says, I was disappointed to see you encourage a viewpoint that I agree with, uh, but I'm still a fan. So, all right. Thank you, Evan. That's kind of you. Uh, and that's why I respond to you because some people are just assholes and uh, I I make the mistake of responding to them when I really shouldn't. Uh, okay, so here's the uh, example of that. This guy, this person uh, who created a new username on Reddit just to post something and he said um, – uh, yeah, he 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 risks he um suggests this uh, documentary, and this documentary is. I mentioned I'm going to read my response to this because this um, Sean Stevenson. Several people have told me I need to go watch Sean Stevenson and his thoughts uh, on the mask, and so uh, I just want to read this to you. Uh, this is my response to this guy saying, you know, you got to watch this. Okay. <clears throat> Rule number one of critical thinking. Who is speaking and what is their credibility? The only name I could find on this site that he sent me to is Sean Stevenson, who's been recommended to me about a dozen times in the past 48 hours. Mr. C- Stevenson is apparently a nutritionist who specializes in the sacred use of cacao. He's not a virologist. He's not an epidemiologist. He's a YouTuber. In contrast, I send him to uh, an article published in Nature uh, about this issue of masks that determines quite clearly that masks are saving lives and are an important element in containing the virus. Rule number two, qui bono, which is Latin for who gains. And this is something that detectives look at when they're trying to solve a crime, right? Somebody gets killed. Who gains from the death of this person, right? That's in Watergate. It was follow the money. Same thing. Who benefits from a situation? So if you're looking at a situation and you're not sure, you're hearing people giving differing um, interpretations or explanations of the situation, One good thing to think about after, like, who are the people and what do they know about this? No. Hey, who am I? I'm a fucking podcaster. I have a PhD in psychology from a school nobody's ever heard of. So you're totally right to say, eh, all right, you know, Chris isn't a fucking virologist. What's he know about this? True. Then you look at my sources. You look at the link that I sent you to Nature. What is Nature? Nature is the most respected science journal on the planet and has been for 30 or 40 years. Has nature retracted papers? Yes, a few, not many. Is nature by far the hardest journal to get a paper published in? Yes. Do they have peer review? Yes. Is it rigorous? Yes. Um, so, you know, maybe nature. You don't need to trust me, but go read that article in nature. Uh, in fact, I can tell you the, the name of it. No, that's the nation. Sorry. I need to. um, I I could hum while I do this or I can edit this out. Uh, Here it is. I don't know. I mean, if I had a young Jamie, this would go much faster. Okay, this is nature. Uh, You can Google it. 
It's um, the title is Face Masks, What the Data Say, and it was published on the 6th of October, 2020. That's a few days ago. Uh, and the subtitle uh, subheading says, science supports that face coverings are saving lives during the coronavirus pandemic, and yet the debate trundles on how much evidence is enough. It's by Lynn Peoples, P-E-E-P-L-E-S. Okay, so first question you want to ask yourself is who's talking and why should I believe them? Second question you want to ask is who benefits from the situation as it is? So Back to my response. Mr. Stevenson gains followers and thus ad revenue by being the voice of the anti-mask movement. There's lots of free-floating skepticism out there for him to tap into. As I said in my Roma, there's good reason to be skeptical of government, pharma, etc. But who's getting rich off of shutting down the world economy? Big mask? Do you really think the leverage available to the few people making money on this pandemic, including Jeff Bezos, outweighs the airline industry, cruise ship industry, concert venues, professional sports, bars and restaurants, Exxon, Mobil, Shell, all these oil companies that aren't selling as much gas because people have to stay home? There is very little economic upside for most of the world's most powerful corporations and individuals in what's happening right now. So if you think, and this is just me talking again, sidebar, if you think or if someone's arguing to you that this is all a conspiracy, why? Why? Why would they sacrifice? And I'm talking about the world's most powerful corporations and individuals. Why would they sacrifice all that money, all that business, for what? To get people to walk around with fucking face masks on? I don't think so. I think it's the opposite. I think they never want us to wear masks because they want their facial recognition software to be perfected so they can keep track of everybody. You want to be paranoid? Get paranoid about that. The powers that be don't want you wearing a fucking mask, just like the bank doesn't want you walking into the bank with a mask. All right, rule number three, trust common sense up to a point. Assuming you accept that there is a virus that can be harmful to many people and lethal to some, and that this virus replicates in the mucous membranes of the sinus and the mouth, and that it spreads by way of saliva expelled in coughing, screaming, talking, sneezing, and so on, then the question is, does a piece of cloth or multiple layers of cloth over the mouth and nose eliminate or lessen the expelling of saliva? That's the question. Unless you don't believe the virus is real, or you don't believe it replicates in the mucous membranes, or you don't believe that it's in your saliva, then you're just fucking wrong. Then the question is, does a piece of cloth over your mouth eliminate or lessen the spray of saliva? That's it. I mean, if you believe the virus is real and that it's in the saliva, then the only question is, does a piece of cloth, is it effective? And I suggest to test this, you take some water, put it in your mouth and spray it all over your fucking living room as far as you can. And then measure the farthest droplet or use some red wine. Why don't you? And measure this, the farthest stain that you can find from your mouth. Then take another mouthful of red wine, 
put a t-shirt over your mouth and try to spray it as far as you can. Again, measure the distance and compare. There's your test. Doesn't need to be gold standard double blind. That's the test. From my perspective, people are ignoring the obvious in order to signal their freedom and ability to stand up to the man. This strikes me as ignorant, dangerous, and silly. The man is screwing us over in a million ways, and this is where we're going to draw the line? We're going to let corporate power take full control of all three branches of government, which is happening right now in the United States, divert tax dollars into the defense industry with perpetual wars, which is happening in the United States, rather than schools, infrastructure, education, health care, gut the EPA and the FDA and every other agency established to protect the individual from corporations who are dumping toxins into food, rivers, and the air. We're going to let that happen, but we're going to stand up to the man when it's time to wear a fucking mask so old and sick people don't die. That's really the hill you're going to die on? Someone else posted a a thing from... um, uh, an interview with a uh, Chinese researcher uh, named Gao, who heads up a team that is um, organizing uh, most of the Chinese response to the pandemic. Uh, a brief bio of Gao. He was first trained as a veterinarian, later earned a PhD in biochemistry at Oxford. And then he did postdocs at Oxford and Harvard, specializing in immunology and virology. His research specializes in viruses that have fragile lipid membranes, a group that includes COVID-19, and how they enter cells and also move between species. So his research and expertise are absolutely focused like a laser on this particular type of virus and this particular issue. Issue, and, the, and he says, in my opinion, the U.S. and Europe are making a big mistake in that people aren't wearing masks. This virus is transmitted by droplets and close contact. You've got to wear a mask because when you speak, there are always droplets coming out of your mouth. Many people have asymptomatic or pre-symptomatic infections if they are wearing face masks It can prevent droplets that carry the virus from escaping and infecting others. Okay, this guy has a PhD from Oxford in biochemistry, postdocs at Harvard and Oxford, specializing in immunology and virology. And yet I've got people telling me I need to watch a video by some guy who's a nutritionist, which I guess he got that degree online. I don't know. You can. I don't know how many years it takes to become a nutritionist, but I know it has nothing to do with the spread of a fucking virus. But I'm supposed to watch that guy and weigh his expertise against people like this. It's just nonsense. So I'm done talking about masks. I've done what I could. Um, If you're tempted to send me an email telling me I'm wrong and to scold me for using my platform uh, to spread 
misinformation and to tell me how disappointed you are because you thought I was cool and you're not my friend anymore, all of which, by the way, I've received in the last 48 hours. Uh, don't bother. Just, you know, fade off into whatever world it is that you're sliding into. Uh, this one's pretty obvious to me. And also, if you're tempted to tell me, hey, man, you know, that's nature. Uh, there are too many people. You always you always talk about population. So uh, how about if everyone, you know, people just need to die? Fuck you. My mother's 81 years old. She doesn't need to die. It's not going to help the world for my mother or your grandmother to die. What we need to do is reduce reproduction rates. Nobody needs to die early. Nobody needs to suffer. Nobody needs to die alone in a fucking ICU because their family isn't allowed to visit them because this shit's so contagious. Doctors don't need to die. Nurses don't need to die. So if that's your idea of intelligence or a cool idea, keep it. I don't want to fucking hear it. Um, and I, I don't want the audience of this podcast to just be people who agree with me on everything. That's not my point. Um, that's why I read the letters from people who disagreed, but did so in a way that I think, uh, expresses curiosity and, and respect and, uh, sincerity, but man, so much, so much nonsense. Uh, thank you for listening to this. If you did, <laughs> and uh, I promise I will not be this fucking agitated next time I talk to you. Um, I'm going to play you out with a song called I Don't Think You Understand by Goliath Flores. Uh, I think he sent me this song. Um, and Goliath, if you're listening, thank you. I've played it before on the podcast uh, I really like it. It's uh, very apropos of what we've been talking about here today. Uh, again, commercial free. huh? At least give me that. You might not agree with me. You might think I'm an asshole, but at least I don't make you listen to commercials every goddamn episode. All right. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time.
forever. 